What's up, sisters? Welcome to another episode of the Buttonista Podcast. It is me, the Buttonista. I pressed two buttons to start today's show. It looks like I pressed a green triangle and a round circle. So yes, I am intelligent. Yes, I am capable. Yes, I am a smooth, steady host that is going to guide you, navigate you, drive and steer you through another week of Buttonista content. Speaking of what I am smart enough and not smart enough to do, I recently took a GED exam. It was a shortened version. Shout out to Hannah, Jack's girlfriend, who clearly has no faith in me and my co-founder of this company, Two Buttons Deep, that we run and are somewhat successful with because she thought maybe, you know, it was our 10-year high school reunion year. Jack kept calling it an anniversary. And I just don't think you have an anniversary from something that you no longer do. Like if you're divorced, you don't celebrate your anniversary anymore because you're not together. You're not in high school anymore, so there's no anniversary to be had. Anyway, we took a shortened version of the GED. I was feeling so confident at first, and when I saw questions one, two, and three were math with exponents and X's and Y's and just my iPhone calculator at hand, I wonder if you can hear this insane bird that is outside of my house right now. I bet, I swear to God, that's picking up in the microphone. And that was another way I was going to start the show, actually. I was going to say, look who it is. It's you again, me again. And I was going to say, regardless of that bird, you know we're never really alone here because we always have Miller Lite watching us, fueling us, making us feel good. And this is peak Miller Lite season. So we've made it through allergy season, right? You know, when people say it's like peak time of year to get your sniffles out and cough. That's the most boring thing to circulate on seasons that I've ever heard. Like if you ever talk about allergy season, please find a new hobby or just get some nasal spray. The season that matters is Miller Lite season and track season. And I am like, to use a cliche, I'm going to be like a kid on Christmas on Friday night, just leading up to my Saturday at the track. I drove by the horseshoe today and I got some goosebumps. I am ready to let loose. I previewed it this morning. Oh, Jesus Christ, this morning? That would be so concerning, Taylor. I previewed it this past weekend at Dango's. I did not know the name of the band that was performing, but we waited in a long line. We braved the crowds and I embraced it all, right? There's no complaining. Just like you don't talk about allergy season, even though I definitely like 100% had a podcast that I blamed on allergy season. Not my own. Um, you don't complain about lines this summer. You don't complain about the bar being crowded because you're lucky you have it. Like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all when it comes to crowds and living life to the fullest this summer. Let's just do it. Let's just live it up. So I braved the crowds with a smile on my damn face. And I saw some live music at Dango's. It was amazing. I danced. I was all riled up. And of course, like, I think the second song that I heard when I got there was September by Earth, Wind and Fire. I was already a few buttons deep. So I quickly Instagram storied it and just said, oh, shit, with like five exclamation points. And I didn't even regret it the next day. Oh, shit. I could have said something so much worse. I could have flipped the camera on myself, but I didn't. I embraced it. So I am ready for a Miller Lite summer in Saratoga. Well, I'm almost ready. 
Some of you might have seen my Instagram story over the weekend. I had a nice weekend, a nice relaxing Saratoga weekend. We always do a little weekend recap on this show, aka recap. But I tried on a dress at Violet's in Saratoga and I just threw it up on the story poll because it was a little bit of a thick girl summer dress. I'm going to be honest. It's a really pretty shade of like periwinkle blue. Very simple for me. I like patterns. I like color. I like even more than I like patterns. I like silhouettes and details that aren't necessarily patterns, but just surprising elements, whether it's like asymmetry, it's an interesting neckline, it's, you know, where your waist hits you. That's the kind of stuff that interests me in fashion. And this was the total opposite, right? This was just a sheath, almost bodycon, periwinkle blue strapless dress that my mom, senior buttonista, loved the color. I thought she was going to try it on. I thought she was going to rock it. I ended up trying it on. And I was like 50-50, which is why I put the poll up. I loved the color. I loved how simple it was for me, thinking obviously opening day at the track, that's where I'm going with this, but I can't say that I would have looked flattering from every single angle, of course. It's just not one of those dresses that's going to catch you at the best moment, so I had to think about it, sleep on it. Senior Buttonista wasn't totally sold. I tossed it up on the Instagram story poll. It was like 93 to like 7% said, yes, you should get it. And I was thinking, I'm sure I'll find something else in the meantime leading up to it, do a little scrolling, a little browsing. But I got to admit, I mean, it's only Monday, but I'm really thinking. I mean, it's Tuesday by the time you're listening to this. I'm thinking about going back for the dress and just embracing the curves. I don't know if any of you saw Selena Gomez posted a unfiltered, unedited bikini pic the other day. And there's pretty much nothing in this world I hate more than the phrase, something is giving you life. Oh my God, this chai pumpkin your mom's aunt kathy's latte is giving me life right now no that's not true you have a heartbeat you have a pulse you have so much life breathing in and out of you every moment the latte has absolutely nothing to do with it the only thing that can give you life is a steward's coffee however nothing has been giving me life as much as that bikini pic of Selena Gomez. It put things in perspective a little bit. I know we touch on these topics here and there, but it was very refreshing. It felt good. I've, you know, caught myself in the mirror a couple times, either feeling so terrible, like, oh my God, I've fallen so far off the wagon. Obviously, you never heard me mention my metabolic macros ever again, so you know where that ended up. Sip break. But it was really cool to see her just rocking herself. She was like curvy and thick, not fat, obviously not big. She just looked good. Like she looked human. And I'm feeling like I do want to embrace that side of me this summer. I have worn shorts more than I've ever thought possible. Obviously, there's been this kind of baggy boyfriend short trend that we've been hanging on. But I wore like a little, I hate the word romper also. Sorry, I shouldn't say I'm not going to hate anything else the rest of this episode. But I'm embracing the shorts. I'm embracing some different things this summer as we get back to what I'm calling, obviously, a full force Miller Lite summer. So that's just a little intro for you. The other thing I wanted to mention was that Botox um, tweet slash meme slash text that I posted last night. Do you think I was asking for a friend or do you think I was asking for me? What was everybody's reaction on that? Hello? Do you guys think I need Botox? Do I have wrinkles? Do you get it? I was 
obviously, if you know how texts go between red or blue and white, that was a text that was sent to me. But a lot of you said, if you need to go, go to this person. I love the recs. I love the shout outs. I was asking for my mom. She sent me a peak Sunday Scaries text saying, I'm thinking about getting Botox. And I'm like, sister, literally, th- that is the, the moment where you are 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. It was 8.05. And you're feeling like, what are your options? Like, how can we get Selena Gomez skinny thick by tomorrow? How can we change our whole lives? Of course, we're going to get Botox. We're going to get some injections, buy a couple cc's of our favorite filler. And admittedly, this was a good moment for me to dive into a pool of research and opportunity that I have not yet looked into. I think when I was younger, I was like jonesing for a nose job, which I'm, I'm fine with my nose. Oh, shit. Don't let me forget to talk about the selfie filters, because I think that plays into the Botox conversation a little bit. So my mom's like, I'm thinking about getting Botox. And I'm like, OK, like, obviously go for it. I mean, no offense, but like, I don't know if it can necessarily reverse things. I have read a lot of beauty articles in my past where celebs are always asked, what would your beauty trick or tip be if you were telling like your 20 year old self? And the one I'll never forget, I believe it was Gwyneth Paltrow said, I would start using under eye cream much sooner than I did to prevent from wrinkles and lines and what have you. Immediately, obviously, I invested in some sort of over-the-counter like Target shelf eye cream and since then have begun to dabble. I am no sommelier of under eye cream, right? I haven't put my 10,000 hours of Malcolm Gladwell practice into finding the best eye cream for me. But all I know is if I put a little effort there, if I put a little effort under the eyes every night, by the way, right now I use Glossier Bubble Wrap, which doubles as an under eye and like a lip hydrator. And it's very cute packaging, affordable, because eye cream, you might literally need to take out a second mortgage on your house for if you are investing in the top of the line. But as Gwyneth said, start small, do it young. And of course now, my mom you know, approaching her blank decade, I won't out her on her age, even though I don't think she would care and you could just do the math. Am I thinking that Botox needs to become a preventative measure in my life if this, this right here, this shiny forehead, evening recording, Miller Lite drinking face is gonna be my moneymaker, which God bless me, if this right here is what I need to make money with. We could be approaching a very dangerous territory, but things are looking up. Things are actually looking good on that front. But I just started thinking I need to research this. I know friends that have done it. Obviously, no shame in your Botox game. Do what you got to do. But I don't even know where to start. And it starts actually. So maybe I don't need it because my first thought was, do I have wrinkles? Do Like, I do I? I have no idea. I don't really notice them on other people. It's just a part of life. I've heard the term laugh lines kind of thrown out as we get a little bit older here. But I'm going to start closely examining. I'm going to play a little game of I spy with my forehead and see how many forehead wrinkles I can spy. I don't see anything on my eyes. I've always kept it simple with makeup and skincare. Maybe that's paying off to my benefit. But my mom has already showed me where she can get the membership, 
what direction she's going in. And of course, I had to throw out there, like, let's make this a mother-daughter bonding activity. I mean, I think I know a pair of gals that got mother-daughter boob jobs at some point along the way. Again, no hate, no shade, just facts. So stay tuned on the Botox front. If you have any recommendations, if you've ever been through it, I'm just curious. I mean, I know there's a number of reasons why people do it, different things that it can cure, make you feel better about. My general feeling thought right now is that I probably don't need it. I'm probably not going to dive to that level. I definitely don't want any of this lip filler, false situations. But if I'm going to continue to use, you know, my shoulders and up as a moneymaker in some way, and I want to pay homage and respect to the almighty God, Joan Rivers, it's kind of like a religious thing. It's probably in Hollywood. It's probably like getting your first communion, sipping the wine, eating the tasteless wafer and then coming back again in three to six months to do it again that's what it is it's a routine it's a church it is a bible study it is a bonding experience that only us women will know and go through together I will never forget what it felt like to find out from other women that I worked with that I needed to get my mustache waxed or threaded aka my upper lip And I really felt like it was a rite of passage, right? I was in a safe space where these women could tell me that they've done it before. It's okay. You can get it done. You need it. You know, it's going to be better for you. I'm sure. I mean, what's next? Anal? Are we going to have to have that conversation? Girls, I don't know. Plug your ears. I'm recording in a household with family members. But it's just something that comes up every now and again. Other people do it. It enhances your life. It makes you feel better. And once you try it, it doesn't hurt that bad. And you move on. And again, three to six months, perfect quota, perfect time limit to put on things that are expensive, painful, or otherwise detrimental uh, to your wallet or mental health. So that's some quick thoughts on Botox. Maybe more to come. Who knows if we have a mother-daughter bonding experience, a trip, that would really be something else. But it does lead me a little bit into my next topic, which I was going to go off on Instagram story yesterday. I said I went to Dango's. I said I danced to September by Earth, Wind & Fire. I wouldn't say I was fully unwell on Sunday, but it was a lazy day. I don't dare come on this podcast again and have a heart-to-heart with Mother Nature, but what the hell? What is going on out there? My past Sunday was one of the first days truly in my life that I sat on the couch for consecutive hours and actually really did nothing. Not because I was hungover, just because there was really nothing to do. I didn't have any pressing household chores. I didn't have any errands to go out and run. My dog, Jet, has been under the weather as well, so I kind of wanted to hang home and be there for him. He's doing fine now, by the way, but he wasn't feeling so hot, so I took the opportunity to hang on on the couch watching Hacks on HBO. Highly recommend Jean Smart, who was the mother and mayor of Easttown, is her own character. I feel like I relate to it a lot. She's like this, not a wannabe comedian. She had a successful career as a comedian, but with a lot of setbacks, haters, pitfalls, etc. And she's trying to revive herself, but she's just a hoot and a holler. HBO is the king of every show ever. I think there's really nothing better than a show on HBO. I'm always willing to give it a try. So I enjoyed a few hours of relaxing downtime yesterday until 
Of course, I had the opportunity to get in the car and do my third and final lap at the Zara sale, which I will say, if you haven't been yet, it's probably over for you. There's not that much there. I would say hop online if you can. You can do buy online, pick up in store at Crossgates, FYI. But you've probably outplayed the Zara sale. My third and final trip I did. And I looked like absolute shit. Of course I did. It was Sunday. I was doing nothing all day. I had on a Phoenix Suns shirt, which by the way, I'm a huge Phoenix Suns fan. Go Suns. Devin Booker, Kendall Jenner, love the celeb element. The colors are great. Goes with my orange bathing suit and all the vibes that I'm putting out this summer. So I'm a purely aesthetic bandwagon Phoenix Suns fan. Nobody told me to be a Phoenix Suns fan, but if you're watching the playoffs with your significant other, your family, anybody, and you don't have a team to root for, just pick the team with the best fashion. It's like betting on the horse that has the best uniform colors. So I was doing that, wearing that, and I somehow just popped on Instagram and I saw somebody post a video talking about different filters. And the one that they decided to use, I was like, okay, like save effect, try it. And I could not believe how different it made me look. Can you hear this bird still? That's literally what it sounds like. It's horrible. Sounds like I'm going to have a seizure, but I just need another sip of my beer so I can get through this. So anyway, I tossed the filter on and the immediate thing besides the color. OK, filters, let's do a quick history of Instagram filters, right? If you had Instagram back in 2011 when I did, which, by the way, we didn't have Instagram when I went to my senior prom. And I know I'm not old because you're not. I'm not old. Oh, Jack just posted a video of Two Buttons Deep. I look so cute today in my sporty, chic, holes in my jeans. Um, what is my sweatshirt again? Sporty and rich. I'm not sporty or rich. That's why I wear the sweatshirt. So you n- you never forget. Um, anyway, these filters are ridiculous. Back in the day, Instagram filters were horrendous, right? They basically ruined the picture. They tried to mask the fact that you were shooting on a first or second edition iPhone trying to put something out on social media to your four followers that had Instagram. I'm talking sepia tones, deep saturation, washed out, just putting the filter smack dab in the middle of the picture and just spreading it out, right? Like there was no even distribution of filter. It just hit the picture in the middle, whatever was center focus, and that was it. Now, filters have become so sophisticated that not only do I question the why behind it, why are we doing this? Why are we masking this? But what is the technology behind it? What allows me to look like a cow on a pasture one minute and then Gigi and Bella Hadid the other? I mean, we went from sepia tone on Instagram to the silly willy hoo-hoo-ha-ha Snapchat filters, right? That I never really had Snapchat, but I would get behind the lens of one of those things and freaking pee my pants laughing. Some of them were so funny and outrageous. And then now we've turned it into this completely false narrative of self-absorbed, self-obsessed about what other people think. I mean, you're not really fooling anybody because it says in the upper left what filter you're using. I understand 
it could make people feel more comfortable about hopping on if you have a quick message. Like I've been on Instagram story plenty of times where I have no makeup, but I need to say something. I have to do an ad read. I have to tell somebody an experience that I had. I want to share something. And I'm like, well, I look like shit right now, but I'm just going to do it. And I guess that's the difference between people that just do this for real and they don't care. I mean, if I mean, if you guys saw me at Zara on Sunday, I mean, you would be horrified, right? Like I wasn't dressing like a botanista. I wasn't expecting anybody to come up to me or to film anything. But the fact that I could literally get in the car in the pouring rain with no makeup on and look well rested, like I just had my first round of Botox, like I had, you know, the best you know, most relaxing day of my life at a spa or whatever I was doing, like within seconds. And then I can put that image out there to people and it's just not real. And then every time I look at myself in the camera, I'm going to think that's what I should look like or that's what other people think I look like. It's just, it's so convoluted and it freaks me out. Like I said, I don't understand how it works. Like nothing's changing about the camera. Like, I, I don't even want to know. So if you know, don't tell me. I'm not interested in the behind the scenes technology of how I can look like I have, you know, two teeth and a pig's nose. But people get so in the habit of every time they hop on, every time they turn the camera on themselves, they need some sort of shield, some sort of protector, some sort of false presentation to be able to just get on there and be themselves that... I actually really don't like it. Like, I mean, every once in a while, sure, you want to brighten something up or you want to like make something look, I don't know, old or antique or whatever it is. Like I see other people do it and I'm like, oh, that's creative. Like your tacos look really cool. Like, you know, as if you like took them on a Polaroid camera like 22 years ago. Like, yeah, that's awesome. But like, it's not realistic. Like it's all edited. And I know, I know social media is that every day. It's highlight reels. It's this and that. But my advice, and I tried to get this out there last night, but I decided I would save it for the show, is if you're not comfortable posting something of yourself without editing or tweaking, really rethink, before you post it, think about why you're doing it. If it's, I don't care what anybody else thinks, I know this isn't what I look like, but it makes me feel good and it fulfills me, fine. If it's, I'm trying to impress somebody or you know, I want people to think that I look like this, maybe no like maybe not I don't know I just I hope as many people that post themselves with a filter are comfortable posting themselves without one on their own terms I'm not talking paparazzi shit one of my biggest things ever is if I ever had a wedding I would never want people to necessarily post pictures of me before I have the chance to right like that's the one day as a bride you can really preserve and curate and present your image in this one way so I wouldn't want you know, someone's random like plus one to be taking a video of me walking down the aisle if it's not the most flattering, whatever. But as yourself, you should be comfortable posting things and showing your real self on social media. And if you're not, be one way or the other, right? Like just commit. And most people don't post as many times a day or as many times a week. But I think if you truly rely on filters to make you feel more comfortable to get your message across, it's time to reassess why you're using social media and um, just just really think about what you're posting. And the people that are creating these filters, like I'm looking at it right now as I'm recording. Hey guys, I'm recording an episode of The Botanista. We're talking about these filters and I can say for sure I don't look like this for shit right now. I am 
actually um, perfectly condensated, condensation from the rain, from a long, hot, sweaty day in the Saratoga slash upstate New York summer. But you would never know it in this filter. I look like I just had the best sex of my life last night and I got my eyelashes lifted and I dropped 20 pounds. I mean, it's just wild. I got to figure out what the name of this filter is too. And I'm not saying I don't like the way I look in it. I think I look really cool. My cheeks look rosy. My eyes look great. I mean, everything's great. But I never want to attain this level um, of looks all the time. I would just be terrifying. I saw someone the other day online who um, has spent the past like 10 years of her life trying to look like Kim Kardashian. First of all, I'm so sorry, Kim Kardashian. That's scarier than getting your house broken into in Paris. It's also flattering, but that's not really the form of flattery that... I'm trying to get into these days. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a nobody asked me, but when it comes to Instagram filters, and it is ironic because right now I am facing one of the truest challenges and the one thing that I did not miss at all during the pandemic. And I'm sure some of you can relate. If you have a busy schedule, you have a lot of different things going on. The one thing I always disliked about my routine and how much I had going on and the course of a day, a day in the life of the buttonista. This was long before the buttonista was having plans after work, right? This is a classic conundrum. It is a tale that every woman knows, whether you're like a New York City commuter to just your general like busy mom trying to juggle things. It's like that day to night look. Like, do you remember watching What Not to Wear? And Stacy and Clinton were like, this, like, three-quarter sleeve, you know, whatever dress with your convertible ballet flats is going to take you from day to night. Do you want to wear a pencil skirt and throw in a blazer? Congratulations, you just unlocked the key to happy hour. It was all about a day-to-night look. And no matter how many shows I've watched about self-improvement, shopping, it is so hard to deal a day-to-night look, to create and to pull off something that will last you from the morning to the evening. I rarely have time to like grab my makeup and fix myself up. In pre-pandemic, I was constantly getting ready early in the morning, doing a full day's work, and then going off to the next thing. And the next thing typically involved video, pictures, something memorable, some stamp in time that I was somewhere, wore something, looked a certain way with my hair and makeup. I cannot pull off day to night. I'm always like oily. I've like scratched a little bit of like my highlight off so you can see fingerprints on my freaking blush. My eyebrows aren't fluffed anymore. My hair got caught in the rain. All of these things have been happening to me again on a daily basis now that life is back to normal. But like I said, no complaints, nothing I can do about it, just a part of getting back to life as is, is that we still have some work to do, or I know I do, in converting day to night. Because the amount of oil plus rain plus a wear and tear from the day as I am recording this with a selfie ring light is just, it's not ideal, right? But again, we're not going to filter this life. We're not going to hide it from you. And I did have a nice Glossier highlight uh, haloscope going on earlier today. So that's just a a little bit of an update. All right. We're at 28 minutes of this podcast. 
And I would like to present to you the meat of the show. This is not going to come across nice, but I mean it with absolute peace and love. And I'm trying to help all of you become better fashionistas, more confident, more well-dressed, and more well-rounded human beings, which means if you're listening, you're going to hell with me, but we're going to look freaking good doing it. I promise. I'm not mad, girls. I'm just disappointed. This segment is brought to you by the Albany Times Union, Hudson Valley, where I would recommend one particular story for you to check out. If you're feeling like you need some inspiration, something that you need to drive towards in your life, just check out Times Union Hudson Valley's recent article about an $83 million yacht that has been cruising up and down the Hudson River. It only costs $765,000 to rent a week, okay? So I'm pretty sure I have not nearly enough listeners to rent the boat out for a week. But if we keep it going, if we keep this show going, maybe, maybe all of us can pool our resources and rent this beautiful yacht for just a single week and cruise the shores of the Hudson Valley, explore the little towns along the way and beyond. But seriously, Times Union Hudson Valley is where you want to go to get your lifestyle, your fun, kind of light, not lighthearted. Lighthearted is like two buttons deep. It's just light. It's easy reading. It's stuff that do you need to know? No. But do you want to know? Yes. It's going to give you a little bit of inspiration and advice on how to spend your summer, fall, winter, spring living in upstate New York, which is something that obviously we are committed to. We want to make everyday living in this region a cooler, more fashionable and interesting place. And the Times Union Hudson Valley is going to help you do that. So you can literally go to timesunion.com slash Hudson Valley to read. If you're not already digitally subscribed to the Times Union, I do recommend that it's one of the best ways to do it. You can get all of their news on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer. And if you want to sign up for a special deal and get some Sunday papers tossed in, I don't hate that idea because you can read my real estate column once a month in the spaces section. So I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Now, I ran this topic by a couple of people before I brought it up because it is going to come across a little bit harsh and I don't mean it in a bad way. It's literally constructive criticism and I just have to say it because nobody asked me. I, nobody asked me for this, but I, it's an observation that I have. Now, we've talked about weddings, obviously, a lot. We sprinkle it in here and there. If you're generally in my age group, I think it's just a hot topic, right? Your friends are getting engaged and married. You're going to weddings. You're being bridesmaids, planning events around other big life events in other people's lives. And this has partly to do with this kind of balls to the walls like fashion resurgence attitude that a lot of us that care about this space have now that the pandemic is over and the floodgates have kind of opened to really be creative and be ourselves and get out of the sweatpants. But there's another element of this has been trending, I think, for a few years now, just as uh, attire in general, like as a society has gotten more casual. And it all kind of came about when I was looking at social media this past weekend and I realized, holy shit, what a wild, busy, crazy weekend for weddings. Raise your hand if you saw somebody on your timeline who was at a wedding this weekend. Unanimous. Not enough people to buy the boat, but enough people to rent the boat. 
Okay. Weddings are back. COVID is no longer really a factor unless you altered plans not knowing what the future was going to be. You didn't just straight reschedule. Like, of course, yes, COVID altered a wedding that you're going to this summer that's going to be in the backyard. But if you've gone to a wedding at, you know, 60 or 90 state, Franklin Plaza, the Renaissance, Hall of Springs, Canfield, if that's where your wedding lineup is, Crooked Lake, Earl West, I'm just going to say that is a full-blown wedding, okay? There's no no 75% effort going towards what people are putting together for the weddings that they are generously hosting you, your plus one, your family and friends at this summer. So what does that mean, right? It means, simply put, and I'll work backwards, okay? So I'll start with the punchline. I'll start with the stinger. It means you need to stop or rethink wearing a casual summer short sundress to somebody's wedding plain and simple we need to rethink the strategy behind underdressing at a wedding because this past weekend I saw another group of stunning brides stunning bridal parties and groomsmen backdrops flowers all of it this stuff costs people thousands and thousands of dollars and you are showing up in a $14.99 cotton ribbed dress that you could throw a pair of sneakers on and look comfortable and appropriate at a Red Sox game in. And that is not okay. And I know that sounds harsh and I is not about having to spend a lot of money. If you spend $14.99 and you look like a million bucks, more power to you. Buy three more dresses for $14.99 and look like three million bucks. The point is, I feel... Like I've seen a lot of women simply dress down at an occasion that I feel very passionately about, obviously, is one of the most important days in somebody's life, one of the most expensive endeavors they will ever get themselves into, and most importantly, for your own freaking benefit, one of the fanciest events you are ever going to get invited to in your life. Most of us are not going to be rolling up at the Oscars. We're not going to the Grammys. We are going to weddings. That's as fancy as we're going to get. So if you don't seize the moment and take the opportunity to put together a look that makes you feel privileged to be there, that lets the bride and groom and the family putting on the party know that you respect them, that you are honoring the fact that they've invited you and allowed you to be part of this special day, the way that you dress is a sign of respect. It's a sign of showing that you care to be there, that you're excited, that you feel happy for them and you're embracing and sharing this moment. And I know that might sound dramatic or over the top, like, well, why can't I wear whatever I want? Like, I want to be comfortable. I want to put like the free flip-flops on when, you know, they play shout or whatever. That's fine. But quality matters. You want to show up and you want to look the part. You want to go up to the bride and take a picture next to her and don't give me the upstage the bride bullshit. That's never going to happen. It's not your intent when you're putting together a look that is appropriate and themed in terms of the dress code for a wedding. It's not about upstaging the bride. You're not there. You could never do that. You could show up in the fanciest thing ever and you're not going to upstage the bride. It's not about you. But I really do think it's about reassessing the occasion what's going into it, the fact that you're in a select group of people that are invited, 
sure, the bride's not going to remember or care necessarily what you are wearing, but you want to show up like it's a privilege. It's not a job interview or a visit to the White House, but it's pretty freaking important and special for a lot of people. And I just felt like some of the looks that I saw this week, I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed. I really feel like when you pair the COVID comeback with the privilege in the fanciness and the overall aesthetic and vibe that goes into a wedding with the fact that no matter where you are, you want to feel the best about yourself. I felt like a lot of looks went short. So why is that? And what's the solution? Because I'm not just here to diss or knock what anybody wore this past weekend. And I'm not talking to anybody specifically, obviously. It's just was a general observation. I felt like the girls and the women at some of these weddings on my timeline were extremely casual. Maybe I didn't know the venue. Maybe I didn't know what was on the invitation. But as a whole, I felt like we were down a couple pegs. So, you know, why is that? And what are some solutions? I wonder if the why is that you just don't know what to wear to a wedding. And I think that's possible because I've had probably more than anything, most people do reach out to me looking for advice on what to wear to a wedding. And I understand that. I understand that you might not know. And that's okay. And that's why I'm glad that people ask or they research or they, you know, look around, talk to their friends, figure out what other people have worn to similar occasions. I think that's okay. Do... People think that sundresses are formal and fancy. Have we lost the idea of like cocktail attire? You know what I mean by that is something a little bit more structured, maybe a dress that's a little bit longer. I kind of have, besides what I said about wearing shorts and like casual settings, embracing that again, I kind of have like a hard and fast rule of like no knees. Like I don't want to see knees. I don't want to see knees at a formal event. Did you see the picture I tweeted of Jill Biden with the Queen of England and they were both wearing their pantsuit skirt situation and Jill Biden had a band-aid on her leg? You A, couldn't find someone to Photoshop for you and B, you went out to a press event with a band-aid on your leg? I mean, sure, maybe she was injured, but maybe she should have abided by the no knees rule. So that's kind of a general thing. If you're wearing a flowy, swingy, short sundress, I'm just picturing the juniors rack at Marshalls and there's nothing wrong with Marshalls. I've, I love Marshalls. I've worn some of my best outfits that have come from a Marshalls. But a sundress is for the track. It's for tossing on a pair of sneakers and going to brunch or like I said, going to a baseball game. In some of these floral fun dresses, they might be flattering and cute, but they're a little too cute. They're a little too immature to wear to, again, this kind of momentous occasion where people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to bring you there and you look like you just picked up your little sister from her middle school graduation. Like that's not, that to me, that's just not the vibe. Take it a step further. Look for a cocktail dress, tea length. How did I start the show? Surprising elements, more structure, maybe asymmetrical, maybe a different neckline or waistline. There are things you can do to look more ready for the occasion than, you know, just browsing what's in your closet, okay? So that's kind of the why is maybe people just truly don't know. Sundresses, of course, are cute. Like, they're they're nice dresses, but it's just not the right occasion. So that's kind of my little explanation as to why and obviously why I think you should do it. Um, one more why, though, is like, what are the guys wearing, okay? So your guy is not showing up to a wedding looking like he sells solar panels, is he? Is he showing up in khakis like Jake from State Farm? Probably not. 
I saw a lot of really well-dressed guys in suits, ties, pocket squares, dress shoes, in girls wearing flats and, for lack of a better store, Marshall's sundresses. So match the guys, meet them at their level. They're not wearing Hawaiian shirts going all buttons deep at the start of the show, right? Maybe they're going all buttons deep after. They're lifting the chairs. They're chugging their beers, whatever. It can go downhill. But when you only start at 70% of what you're capable of, it's really going to go downhill fast. The solutions. I'm not here to present problems. I'm not here to upset anybody. I'm here to make sure you are the best dressed wedding guest of the summer. And of course, that you have a chance to make the Capital Region's best dress list. So here are some lists of my solutions. And no, this is not just an ad for Rent the Runway, even though when people ask for my advice, I do typically source from there just to get an idea. I get an idea of what's in style, what's possible, and then I will go online to Lulu's very affordable, you know, Revolve and Shopbop, a little bit more expensive, but I'll try to source. And if you are in kind of that normal sample size, if Rent the Runway is something that you're open to, it makes the most sense for the person that has six or seven weddings this year, wants a picture at all of them, and wants to wear something quality that is better than the off-the-rack sundress or cocktail dress that you can get at the mall. So Rent the Runway is absolutely an option. There's Newly, which is a little bit more affordable, and it takes the pressure off of committing and spending the dollars on something that you're only going to wear once. It allows you to try a fancier or a different trend that's out of your comfort zone, and then say goodbye. Mwah! Kiss it goodbye, zip it up, move on to the next wedding in the next outfit. If you love it so much, you might miss it. Your heart might hurt when you put it back in that bag and you ship it off, but they take care of your dry cleaning, your shipping, obviously, so you're really only buying the rental of the dress and shipping it away when you're done. So I do think, truly, from the bottom of my heart, that is a really great solution for somebody that is like, okay, I hear you. I want to step up my game, but I don't want to break the bank buying all these dresses that I'm probably only going to wear one or two times. Number two is this is a great time to look at some retail giants that have discount brands. So Nordstrom Rack, Macy's Backstage, Saks Off Fifth, even like Dillard, some of those. I immediately, I even go to Nordstrom.com. I don't even always go to Nordstrom Rack. And I check the sales section. I know the designers that I like that are higher quality, that have trendy good-looking pieces that are going to fit me, flatter me, and be on point in style. And I will just try to find them for less. So even designers that I've gotten to know from Rent the Runway or Instagram, people that I aspire to, influencers, whatever, I'll just simply search them and see where I can find one of their looks for less. So if you're not comfortable with, you know, buying something outright or going to that big designer ticket price, just look online. Try to find something for cheaper. It doesn't have to be Nordstrom Rack or one of those, but I find that you could get a good designer brand and dress from a place like Nordstrom Rack that is going to be better quality and better looking than if you did go to like a Lulu's or ASOS or Zara or whatever, which are all great and you can find something trendy for the night. But even those stores, I mean, whatever ASOS I think you could find something that's that's busy and and uh, appropriate enough for a wedding and same thing with Lulu's and Zara too it depends how creative you want to get right so those are two good ones and last but not least this might shock you from somebody that doesn't often repeat their outfits I'm gonna say it right here on the record if you are taking issue with anything that I'm saying I don't care if you have one really nice dress a LBD whatever even though side note I'm kind of 
out on black unless it's like black tie girls we can be more creative than wearing all black to a wedding unless you have the most stunning different interesting dress I'm team no black wear a trendy color even if it's a short dress wear something that's trendy flattering a color that actually will help you stand out and have a good time black is reserved for the no fun stuff the hiding our bodies it's just not it's not for a wedding in my opinion anyway I don't care if you have one really nice dress. If it's that strapless dress from Violets that shows your curves and is the fun color, I don't care if you wear that to all six weddings you have this summer. I don't care if you post multiple pictures in the same dress and change your shoes or your hair or your accessories. I would rather see you honor and respect the bride and groom, the party that you're going to, the pictures that you're going to be in, and wear something that that levels you up to the occasion that you are wearing that you're wearing for you're dressing for I understand there's country clubs and backyards and different dress codes and not everything is so formal but I swear you will always always you you will always feel better for being overdressed and you will always feel comfortable uncomfortable being underdressed and I I really believe that no matter where you're at in your style journey you have to put forth max effort and a wedding I think is one of the best places to test that out followed by probably the workplace because that's another place that you need to show up every single day and be ready to go look your best and I promise you the opportunities will come your way whether it's in the form of compliments attention from boys attention at your job getting noticed it's so important to dress well and to just just take a moment put the sundress away save it for Sunday at the track and level up for your next wedding so that was the meet I know it was maybe hard to hear, but I'm here. I'm a resource. I'm happy to help you. I don't want to see any more cotton ribbed dresses at weddings this summer. And that is all on that. All right, we'll try to keep this under 50 minutes. I just have a few pop culture things as I like to discuss to close out the show. If you've made it this far, maybe you do care about what the Botanista thinks about pop culture. If you haven't made it this far or you don't care what I think about pop culture, fair there's literally thousands of millions of places you could go on the internet to find out but I did think that Addison Ray, she's a TikTok star her tweet that went viral over the weekend she was reporting at the UFC fight which by the way for once in my life I kind of made it awake to stay up for post dangos post September dance party Addison Ray posted a tweet that said Don't worry, guys, I studied broadcast journalism for three whole months in college before taking this job. And people were pissed. People were so mad saying so many other people work hard and have actually studied broadcast journalism. She doesn't deserve to be interviewing celebs or whatever she was doing on the UFC carpet. And people were just absolutely shitting on her. And I obviously, I feel like for reasons that are, don't need to be explained on the other side of the coin here right she looked amazing she's got a great little personality she has a great opportunity and if you checked her dms and her comments before what do people say about tic-tac stars what do people say about young people that get fame they assume it came from somewhere else they got lucky they got a big break how many people told that girl to go get a real job right get off tiktok stop you know influencing this and that and go get a real job And the second she goes out and gets a real job, right, and goes to work at UFC and probably gets a paid gig interviewing celebrities or 
you know, hyping up the fight as this young, beautiful, ambitious star who, if you didn't know, the real reason why UFC probably hires her is because almost every business, every industry across the board right now, whether you are local advertisers that I work with with my company or big brands, I mean, you've heard Major League Baseball is dying, right? They need new fans. UFC probably needs younger fans. Stewart's needs younger fans to go inside and buy a coffee instead of sit at the drive-thru. So Addison Ray going to UFC is a business decision. Of course, it's for vanity and for popularity and this and that. But there's always a bigger business goal. Of course, they want someone younger there because they want her to influence younger people to pay $50 and stay up till one in the morning for these freaking fights. And the poor girl got so much hate, so much backlash. I understand maybe the joke about studying broadcast journalism for three months was distasteful. Um, I didn't study broadcast journalism for a reason because I feel like they're you're a little nerdy. And you're not nerdy, but you're just very particular. And I think what I learned when I went to college was like, you don't have to study the exact thing that you want to do because you'll learn how to do it. You'll find a way to pursue it. I don't know. I didn't I didn't think I wanted to be on camera, I guess. So maybe that's why I didn't do it. But I could see where that could be a little distasteful. And maybe if you like looked up to her, your feelings would be hurt because you want to study broadcast journalism and you think you could be a TikTok star. And she just freaking flipped the whole thing on her head and made something different of it. But she got so much hate that I apparently UFC backed away from her being there. She said, never mind, y'all got me fired. And it is so crazy that like a storm like that could just brew and be more impactful than like Hurricane Elsa, which I haven't heard shit about. I mean, God bless anybody that was affected. But a storm can just create on the internet overnight like that for no apparent reason. And the poor girl lost her gig. I'm sure it's not going to get her down forever. But how many times on social media do you see things like, you know, you never know what people are going through. Be kind, like be this. Like, I feel like that's a great example of like this girl's worked so hard. She's built a platform. She's beautiful. She's got this great opportunity. And people that are sitting on their couch watching three episodes in a row of hacks, just like me, <laughs> are shitting on her and making her feel terrible and having her lose her job. I mean, it's insane. Um, so that is that. That's a little bit of pop culture. The one question I have about Addison Rae that nobody's asking and I think is the biggest question is how does she end up as like a main star on the Kardashians? She's only 20 and she's apparently BFFs with Courtney, who was, by the way, like tongue kissing Travis Barker at the UFC fight. The camera got sh like shined on them. And they had this very strange silent moment where they just looked at each other. It, but it wasn't a kiss cam. It wasn't like an NBA game and instead of kissing they just like licked each other's tongues so she's wrapped up in a whole nother world right now right this Trevor Bar Barker thing her and Megan Fox being identical couples and then her becoming best friends with 20 year old Addison Rae maybe I'm just behind on the Kardashians but I feel like I need a little bit of backstory on that friendship there's a huge age gap like I feel like she should be hanging out with someone else I love it I embrace it I saw one clip of them like hanging out at a table somewhere but um, I just thought that's an interesting friendship that I would like to know a little bit more about. So that's my question with Addison, right? Otherwise, peace and love, a lot of support to her. Um, I did also just think maybe we should talk about um, Ashley Olsen hanging out in the woods in that all black ensemble, some Yeezys, a mysterious cocktail in her hand, and a machete. I saw it got 
reposted over the weekend a couple times. Admittedly, it's been so long that I've checked in with the Olsen twins, my other long lost sisters, because like I definitely looked like an Olsen twin when I was little, I swear. I promise. Like I really think I did. Obviously, it didn't work out for me and it really worked out for them. So um, I I was just thinking when I saw that picture, they said Ashley Olsen, but I was thinking Elizabeth Olsen because she's the sister that's actually made it in the press and like the Olsen twins have discreetly very uh, deliberately chosen like this public this life that's void of being in the public opposite private life private life private life got it need a sip when I lose my train of thought so at first I was just thinking it was Elizabeth Olsen and I was like okay fine I don't really care about her I'm not gonna overthink her outfit and then I was like oh my god clickbait Jenna and Hoda had an interview with John Stamos and they asked John Stamos randomly in the middle of his interview over Zoom, which is about his new um, true crime podcast about Frank Sinatra's son or junior getting kidnapped. That's a whole nother story. But just for the clickbait, they of course asked John Stamos what he thought of Ashley Olsen ravaging through the woods with a machete. And it was so awkward. He basically just said, I have no comment, which obviously, John Stamos, you don't keep in touch with Ashley Olsen. And you probably don't even know that she was gallivanting around the woods with a freaking small cup of bourbon and a machete. I mean, it sounds weird to even say that. It had to feel even weirder to ask him that question on his own on the record interview. But it ended up getting me into a little bit of a deep dive about the Olsons because they always say they're fashion icons, right? And I know they have their brands. They have the row. And then they have Elizabeth and James, which is actually fine at Kohl's. But they've just been so far out of the spotlight for so long on purpose. They don't even want you to know that they're the names behind the brands that they've built. Their Instagram presences for the brands are very um, nondescript. You know, they post a lot of old photos of like celebrities and artwork and things that aren't really relevant to the brand, but more of a vibe, more of an aesthetic. So the fact that you so carefully curate your social media, your public life, what people know about you, but you were okay with a picture of you like that in the woods getting resurfaced. Is this free Britney? Do we have to sound the alarm? Should we be concerned? What is a machete in the first place? Like, is it that thing that you take like ta- like weeds down? Like, I, I have a lot of, I have more questions than I have answers. She didn't say anything. Her boyfriend posted it. And I guess he posted a picture of him in the woods as well, which I couldn't find. But if you are an Olsen fangirl and you want to get deep into the literal weeds that you would chop down with the machete on this, I just pray to God it's not a free Britney moment because we can't handle another early 90s celeb going down. Free Britney is so intense and takes up so much space in my brain that I didn't even dive into it last week when we had Britney news, Cosby news. We had way too much. I cannot overload you with all of my pop culture thoughts. God damn it. I mean, I don't even watch The Bachelor. I am not the one to be um, to be dishing out all of my takes on something that I truly do not know very much about. But had to bring those few things up because it was trending in the world. Her outfit was just black Yeezys, white shirt, like she had a hat on. Like, I don't really know what the what the theme was there. But maybe we'll find out. Maybe more will come. All I can promise you is that more will come this weekend at opening weekend of the track. Will I wear the blue dress from Violets? Will I wear something else? Will I be drinking Miller Lite? The answer to one of those three questions is yes. And you just need to stay tuned 
and find out. Girls, it's been a long one. It's been a good one. You and me, me and you, we will be back right here next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, DMing, messaging. If you like it, review it, subscribe, rate it. Anything you got to do to get the word out about about the Buttonista, put your stickers downtown or just send them to me where you're wearing them, where you're rocking them. I appreciate all of it. Love you, girls. See you next week. 